Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 16. While you're turning there, we're going to continue in our series, Heaven's Heroes, uh, Life Lessons from New Testament Heroes of the Faith. <coughs> now, you know that just a few weeks ago, we finished up uh, Old Testament Heroes of the Faith. We're looking at at uh, men and women who whose uh, influence uh, transformed history as we know it and, and worked together to to empower us as God's people and inspire us to move forward in the things of God. And so that's where we've been. And now we're here with these New Testament heroes of the faith. Uh, last week, we looked at John, uh, the, some call him John the Revelator, John the Apostle, uh, and uh, uh, learned some wonderful life lesson from him. He was trustworthy in the eyes of God, so much so that Jesus on the cross entrusted uh, John with his mother, his biological mother, Mary, and he said, behold your son, behold your mother, you know the story. So we learned some lessons about being trustworthy last week. Now this morning, we're going to look at Peter, and he is one of my best favorite heroes because I'm telling you, I relate to him quite a bit. Uh, because number one, Peter would get his mouth, he would run his mouth before he, he run his brain. Anybody ever run your mouth before you run your brain? Uh, and he would do that in the middle of a great moment. He would mess it up with his mouth. Uh, and so, uh, in fact, one t- on the Mount of Transfiguration, you remember, you know, Jesus and Moses and Elijah, they're all there. And Peter, James and John, the select of the elect, they're there and uh, they're talking to, with one another. And Peter interrupts that conversation uh, and says, Oh, uh, let me interrupt, uh, Moses, Elijah, Jesus, let me interrupt y'all. Uh, it'd be a great idea. Why don't we build three tabernacles up here, one for each of you, and we'll just hang out up here. And in the middle of that, God interrupts him and says, basically, shut up, Peter. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Uh, and so I relate to Peter. How many of you can relate to Peter just a little bit? He was impetuous, and he he he, he just had issues. He denied the Lord. He said he would never, you know, he just run his mouth and, and he, and he went through a season of real, uh, uh, dying to himself in order for God to use him. And so we're going to look at him today. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father, we thank you for the word of God. May it bring forth much fruit in our life today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Now the title of our message about Peter is this, Peter transformed from a reed to a rock. Everyone say, transformed. Everybody say, from reed to rock. Now, let's look at Matthew 16, and I want to show you, and turn to, yeah, you're in Matthew 16. I'm going to turn over to John 1. You stay in Matthew 16. I'm going to show you this in a couple of places. John chapter 1, let me get there. Matthew 16, Jesus says this, uh, uh, Oop, I'm in Matthew 4. Let me go back to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, he asked them some questions about who he was. Who do men say that I am? And, and so he's interacting with them. Uh, and it's and when it came to the region, verse 13, he said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or the prophets. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Everybody say he had a revelation. 
You need to remember that. What did he have? He had a, somebody say a revelation. He had a revelation of Jesus, okay? And he said to him in verse 18, And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And everybody said, Amen. He called him Simon, but then he said, I'm going to start calling you Peter. Everyone say, from reed to rock. Now, if I'm, I'm going to go over to John chapter 1, verse 42, basically the same thing. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So he went from reed to rock. Everyone say from reed to rock. Now, if you remember what Jesus said in, in reference to John the Baptist in Matthew eleven seven, he was referencing people who had come out to see John the Baptist. He said, who are you coming out to see? A reed driven uh, and tossed by the wind. You remember that? He was referencing, he says, who, what did you come out to see? A re, uh, to, what are you looking for? A reed? And he defines a reed as something that is driven and tossed by the wind. So here he comes to Peter. Now follow me. And he said, I'm changing you. I'm changing your name from a reed to a rock. And this translation here reads this way. I'm going to begin to call you what you will someday become. I'm going to stop calling you a reed driven and tossed by the wind. I'm going to begin to call you a rock. You're not that yet, but you'll become that. In other words, you'll be transformed from what you are into what I say you are. How many of you know uh, God says something different about us than what most everybody else says? Amen. And so that's what we want to look at this morning. And your suggested reading this week, there's a lot. You could read all the Gospels, of course. But let me give you the suggested reading for this week. Acts chapter 1, verse uh, through chapter 3, just kind of gets you the beginning of Pentecost where Peter was transformed by, by the power of God and the Holy Spirit into the first Pentecostal preacher. And you can see him operating and moving in a whole new way in his life. Uh, you could also read John 20 and 21, even though it's not there. But then, of course, I, I behoove you. Everyone say behoove you. I behoove you to read First and Second Peter. These are wonderful letters to the church, First and Second Peter. And when, when he's writing these letters, he has grown up quite a bit. He has been transformed from a into a rock. And so that's what we're going to look at today, how God began the process of transforming Peter from impetuous Peter to a prophetic voice that goes even strong in our hearts today. Uh, the memory verse, here's a memory verse for you this week. I'd love for you to memorize this. Uh, in fact, let's all read it together. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says this. Everybody read it out loud. Would you read it out loud with me? Here we go. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the... Let's read it again. First Peter 1, 13 says... Therefore, therefore, 
Man, I could just preach from that right there. I'm telling you, there is so much truth in that. Gird up the loins of your mind. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, anybody ever, uh, what is this Greek mythology, Medusa, all the snakes coming out of her? You see that? You get that picture? All right, just all, everybody, well, the this word, the loins of your mind, kind of is the tentacles. How many of you think that way, kind of? <laughs> no, uh, I started to go down that road of how women and men think. I better not go there, right? Men only, and so, and so, what he's saying: get control of your thoughts. You got it. Gird up the lo- because how many of you know? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. In other words, don't let anything, uh, uh, you know, seduce you or influence you apart from what I'm about to tell you. And you rest your hope, your confidence fully upon the grace, the unmerited favor of God that is to be brought to you at the revealing or the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of ways to look that, but I'm going to tell you this morning, when we think of Peter, he, he had a revelation of Jesus in his life. He had a revelation that led him down the road, if you will, to a transformed life. Uh, and so he learned this by experience, things he learned. He had a, a revelation of Jesus and a revelation of the Word of God and a revelation of what God thought about him in his life. So let's read this verse verse together one more time and you get it down in your heart. Here we go. First Peter 1 13 says this, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. So this morning we're talking about being transformed, transformed by God almighty transformed, if not, whatever, from from a reed to a rock or whatever you are into what God says you are. So this morning, let's look at some thoughts. And as I said, it requires a revelation from God. It really does. It requires us to see some things that we didn't normally see, to understand some things that we don't normally understand. And so let me show you this in Second Peter, and I want you to be ready to move around a little bit. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Follow me here as we talk about a revelation that we need in order to be transformed and discovering our new identity in Christ, as Simon Peter did. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith, with us by the righteousness of God, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things. Somebody say all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness, godliness through the knowledge of Him. Now catch these. He's already used knowledge twice. The knowledge, the knowing of God, head and heart as well who called us by glory and virtue, by which, that is the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, the understanding of Jesus and His grace and mercy and faith and all those things that He's talking about, by which has been given to us exceedingly and great and precious promises, that through these you might be, become partakers of His divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we see here 
that Simon Peter understood that you've got to have a revelation. You've got to have a knowledge of God. You've got to have some insight into the, into what Christ has done and that he's made us, uh, by his divine nature, uh, into the, and born us again into the family of faith. And we understand more of who he is and the more we know him. And everybody said, Amen. So I want to give you seven thoughts this morning. I know that's a lot, but I think you can handle it. Tell your neighbor, I think you can handle it this morning. I want to give you seven thoughts about Peter and the revelation he had in his life, how he was transformed and how he embraced his new identity in Christ Jesus. The first one is this. He had a revelation of what he, that is Jesus, can do. He had a revelation of what Jesus can do in his life. Now, here's where it all began. If you remember, uh, oh, there's a number of places in the Gospels. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, uh, Jesus comes in contact with two sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew, and who? James and John. And they were what? They were bakers, candlestick makers. No, they were fishermen by the sea. Uh, and if you've ever been to Israel, you've been to the Sea of Galilee. And so Jesus met them, and they're washing their nets, so on and so forth. And Jesus basically says this to them, follow me, follow me now, follow me, because I want you to follow what Jesus said. He said, follow me, and I will make you into fishers of men. Now, what does it say about these these fishermen when he said that? What does it say? It says, immediately they left their nets, they turned over their business to family and friends, I guess. Immediate. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, they left their nets and they did what? They, what did they do? They embraced the revelation of what you, what can, what Jesus can do in your life if you'll just follow him. He'll transform my life. He'll change things on the inside of me. And, and I love this about Jesus. He didn't say, follow me and obey me and, 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 you know, don't smoke, chew, go with the girls that do. Uh, let me just tell you something. If you'll start following Jesus, all those other things will take care of themselves. Are you with me? Say a better amen. But something in these, these fishermen, these lowly fishermen's mind, in their heart, and for, and especially in, pardon me, in Peter's life, Something in him said, I believe that Jesus can do something dynamic in my life. He had a revelation of what Jesus can do. He can change my life. He can transform my life. You see, that's what a lot of people are looking for in their life. They wish things were different in their life. And <coughs> Pardon me. Jeremy's not here. Uh, somebody get me a drink. Thank you, Roberta. She's gone. She's got it. Thank you. Peter realized there's some things in my life need to change. In fact, if, if, if I could read his mind here a little bit, evidently, uh, he, he was ready for a change in every area of his life. He left the security of his job. He left the security that what paid his bills or what tried to pay his bills. He just immediately laid it all down and something on the inside of him said, I need a change in my life. And, and, and there's no big requirement here in the beginning. I just have to follow him. Peter had a revelation of what Jesus could do in his life. And because he believed that, the transformation began. 
Things began to change in his life. And very quickly, Peter began to, thank you so much, Roberta. He began to come to the face-to-face with himself. How many of you know you got to come face-to-face with yourself in order for Jesus to, uh, to be able to come face-to-face with Jesus? And he, Jesus began to deal with the idiosyncrasies of this old stinky fisherman and the, and the issues that he had in his life. And this is what I love about Peter. What I love about Jesus, Peter takes that, which is we, pardon me, Jesus will take that, which is someone would think is no value of, of not, of, of no great consequence and say, you know, if you'll just follow me, I'll transform your life from impetuous Peter to Pentecostal pastor and church leader. I'll change your life. How many of you got some things in your life that need to change? How many of you got some things in your life that, you know, only Jesus can change those things in our life? Listen, Peter believed that he had a revelation in his heart. It dropped down inside of him. He says, you know what? He, if I'll just follow him, things will change in my life. Number two, he had a revelation of who he was. And we need a revelation of who we are. Who are we? Well, if you look in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus, when the disciples were fishing and they were washing their nets, you remember the story. Jesus told them to launch out, let down your nets for a catch. They'd fished all night and caught nothing. You remember that story? He had been preaching by the sea and they'd been listening to him. And Peter heard that. He said, well, Jesus, we fished all night and caught nothing. You remember this? He said, but nevertheless, everybody say, nevertheless. Something, something on the inside of him said, it's not what I think. If you go by what you think, you'll never, you'll never get where, but, but you gotta, you gotta begin to believe something about what he says. And he says, nevertheless, at your word, we're going to do that. And they launched out, they let down their nets for a catch and they got a net breaking, boat sinking load. Are you with me? Say amen. And you know what? Peter, Peter didn't go, whoo, Jesus, hallelujah. Ah, no, no, let's have a fish fry. Let's have a fish. Didn't do that. You know what Peter did? He fell down. And he said, listen, if you want a transformation, you got to come to this place. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. He came face to face with who he was. He had to realize, hey, I know he can change my life, but I also know that I need some things in my life to change. And he realized he was a sinful man. And listen, if you and I want to be transformed from reed to rock into what he has for us, we got to come face to face, not only with what he can do, but we've got to come face to face with who we are. We are sinful by our very nature and we need a savior and we need a healer. We need a helper. We need someone who can help us become right. Righteous. We got to understand that and realize that without his mercy and grace and his divine power, that's what he said. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Peter had a revelation of who who Jesus was or, or what Jesus could do for him, but he had also a revelation of who he was. I'm just a sinner. There's an old gospel hymn that says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. How many of you thank God for the grace of God in our life? We've got to realize who we are. I'm just a sinner, but through his mercy and grace, I've become his child. Number three, Peter had a revelation 
of who Jesus was. Not just what he could do and not just of who he was in the light of who Jesus was. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. If you go back to Matthew 16, here's the revelation. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're this, some say you're that. Who do you say that I am? Peter, the, the just the old fisherman, he said, well, I know who you are. Listen, you got to know who Jesus is. If you're going to get what, become what Jesus says you are, you, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Interesting insight about this moment in time at the Matthew 16 where, where he gets the answer right. He gets it right. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this. You got a revelation. Everybody say revelation. Bump, give somebody a fist bump, say revelation. Boom. Bump, give a fist bump. Boom. I got a revelation. He got a revelation. He said, and on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Man, boom, you got it right. Six days later. Six days later. They're on the Mount of Transfiguration. And his mouth starts getting him in trouble again. And he gets all out of whackas. And God interrupts, as I said earlier, and says, let me remind you about something that you said six days. This is Pastor Sam's paraphrase expanded version. Let me remind you about something you said six days ago. You said that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And now we find you interrupting him uh, and Moses and, and, and Elijah. And God looks down from heaven and says, this is my beloved son. And here's my translation, paraphrase, shut up and listen to it. How many of you know from time to time we need a reminder of who he is? He's the son of God. Yes, he'll transform our life, but he's God's son. And we've got to worship him as such. Peter had that revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said this, that's on that revelation. That's how I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church on the, on the, 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 the Godhead, if you will. God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy spirit. Amen. Number four, he had a revelation of what he had done or what he has done. When Jesus was crucified, how many of you know any Jewish boy knew that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin? They knew there was shedding of blood. If you look over in 1 Peter, he got it. He finally got it. He understood this. He said in 1 Peter about what Christ had done for us on the cross. He said, verse 18, knowing this, knowing that you were not redeemed, all the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say amen. amen. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for us who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. What did he know Jesus had done for him? That his blood had redeemed him. How many of you know you can't get good, be good enough to get to God? He had a revelation of the cross. 
He didn't understand it in the beginning, but he got a revelation of it, especially when Jesus rose from the dead, of what he had done. He's redeemed me with his own blood. He paid for me with his shed blood. Somebody say amen. Number five, Paul, pardon me, Peter had a revelation of what his Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit of God has done. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this, if that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead, somebody say resurrection. The Holy Spirit and the power of Almighty God. uh, Peter had a revelation of the resurrection power of God in his life and in that, in that, uh, uh, tomb on the third day when Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't when he went to see the empty tomb, but when he saw the resurrected Christ, he had a revelation. Up, Somebody say, up from the grave he rose. With a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He had a revelation of the resurrection power of Almighty God, and he realized that because Jesus rose from the dead, I too can rise from the dead. Paul said it this way in Romans 6. He said, we're buried with him through baptism unto death. And what? Raised to walk in newness of life. Listen, if you want to be transformed by Almighty God, you got to believe in the power of the Spirit of God to raise you up into a new life in Christ. Whoo! In fact, what did Jesus tell those first century disciples? The resurrected Christ. He said, you go to Jerusalem, Acts chapter 1 and 2, and you wait for the promise of the Father. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you with me? Say amen. And so they went to Jerusalem. They waited. They prayed. They sought God. What happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them transformed and changed their life. The power of the Holy Spirit raised them up and they realized uh, that the Spirit of God had given them a new life as well through the power of the resurrection. Look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I love this. He said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Somebody say amen. You know what Paul said about the resurrection? If Christ be not raised, we're all still in our sins. But thanks be to God, He is risen just as He said. Amen. Father, we thank You for the resurrection power to give us a hope for the future. He had a revelation of the resurrection power. And then number six, He had a revelation uh, of, the, of, the, of, of the power and the priority of the Holy Spirit. Oh, did I, mi- I missed one. Uh, there we go. Verse six. Yeah. Number six. When you get seven, you get kind of lose track. A revelation of the power and the priority of his love. Remember what Jesus did with Peter when he was, uh, uh, kind of disheveled because of his mistakes and because of his denial of the Lord, the resurrected Christ comes back into his life. John 21 and says, Peter, do you what? Do you love me? And he had a revelation of the love of God in his life like none other. And he realized, hey, I've got to love him and I've got to love others. 
And if you read 1 Peter 1 and 2, you'll read that, you'll realize that Peter fell in love with people like never before. He talked about the sincere love of the brethren, loving God and loving others. I want to tell you, when you love like Jesus loved, it'll transform your life, amen? It'll move you from a reed to a rock and transform and change your life, amen? And then number seven, he had a revelation of the power and the priority of the Holy Spirit in his life. He realized that I've got to have the Holy Spirit in my life. Interesting thing, you go back to John, John 13 and 14. Peter starts getting nervous when Jesus said, I'm leaving. He gets really nervous. He starts asking questions. He gets really concerned. Jesus begins to tell him that I've got to do this. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again, but I'm not going to leave you without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll do what? He'll help you. He'll never leave you. And he said, you've got to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And then as I said, Acts chapter 1 and verse 2, they waited on the promise of the Father and the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them with the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. And that's when the transformation really began to be made manifest in Peter's life. Because you see him getting up on Pentecost Sunday and he said he stood up. Somebody say he stood up. I'm telling you, it had been a while since Peter stood up. He had been broken and busted and disgusted. But on that day, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit of God, he stood up and the others with him, and he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. People's lives were changed and transformed because Peter allowed Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to transform him from a reed to a rock. There's things in our life that need to change as well. But it never happened unless we let Jesus shine some light in our life and give us a real revelation of Jesus, a revelation of what He can do. Everybody say, He can change things. A revelation of who we are. We're just sinners. We have no hope and we're without God in this world but because unless we accept Him into our life. We've got to have a revelation of who we are. But number three, a revelation of who He is. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. And a revelation of what He's done. He wiped away our sins through the shedding of blood. A revelation of what the Holy Spirit uh, has done in raising Him up and then giving us the power to have new life. And a revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit of, of God and the, and the priority of love in our life, we can be changed and transformed by Him. Let me ask you today, what needs to change in your life? What do you need Jesus to change in you? Where do you need the transforming power of God to be made available in your life? Because all of us have areas. Listen, it begins with embracing who we are in Him, not what others say about us. That's what, what Jesus was saying to Peter. Who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You're, you're the Christ. So what are we going to learn today? Let me give you today's life lesson. Here it is. Our true identity is not based solely upon our experience and environment or even what others say about us. 
Now, let me pause right there. You ever heard anybody say, well, I was born that way? Or that's the way my daddy, it's my daddy's fault, my mama's fault. It's my environment that has shaped me. How many of you know your environment can shape you? And, and if you have a good environment, that's a positive thing. If you have a bad environment, it's a bad thing. But look here, our true identity is not based solely upon our experience or our environment or even what others say about us. Our true identity is established upon the revelation of who Jesus is and what His Word says about us. Here's old Peter. He's just a reed. Here comes old unstable Peter. He's just tossed and driven by the wind. Gee, thanks, Mom, for naming me that. Here comes old Simon, pardon me. He's just a reed. Jesus says, listen, that's what men have said you are, but I'm going to tell you who you are. I'm going to start calling you what you shall one day be. You're a rock. There's stability and strength in your life. When you read First and Second Peter, you know what you're going to hear? You're not going to hear Simon. Even though he had a little bit of that, he said Simon Peter. He, he called himself Simon Peter. He wasn't quite just a Peter yet, but he called himself Simon Peter. Uh, he felt like he was still in the middle of the transition. I'm still, I'm still in the process of being from a reed to a rock, but he said Simon Peter, a bondservant of God and an apostle. But what you're going to hear from him in first and second Peter is the voice of a rock, not the voice of a reed driven and tossed by the wind. So this morning, I want to invite you, and I want to invite you this week to wrap your heart and your head around Peter, who was a reed, but God transformed him into a rock. And let his life lead us into this understanding. Our true identity is not based. Let's say it out loud again, everyone. Our true identity is not based solely upon our experience or our environment or even what others say about us. Our true identity is established upon the revelation of who Jesus is and what His Word says about us. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom that you've given us, the revelation of the Word of God in our hearts has the power to transform our lives. Today, you see who we are, and we know who we are. We're just sinners that are embracing a Savior who cleansed us and helped us and washed us white as snow. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Change our lives. Change the way we think about ourselves. In fact, this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, some of you believe the lie of the enemy about who you are. You've embraced the wrong belief system about who you are. 
You believe what others said about you. You believe what society said about you. You believe what your culture, your environment says about you. And you're missing God's best for your life. You see, God can take just an old reed and turn it into a rock. He can transform your life. He can change the way you think about who you are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you today. If you're here today and you struggle with who you are as far as your walk with God and you feel insecure and unable and inferior in the eyes of God, I'm going to pray that God would begin to change that in your mind and in your heart because He wants to do something dynamic not only to you but through you. If you're here today and some things need to change, I want you to just receive as we pray. Father, I thank you today that you're transforming our lives by the power of the Word of Almighty God. We give you praise today. And we thank you, Lord God, that the revelation of Jesus is being released in our midst this morning to change our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I said everybody say amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning.